Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week, a group of us get together and discuss a movie. All of the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. We are in something new. For us, it is Coen Brothers Month. That's right. For the entire month, every Friday, you're going to get a new Coen Brothers movie review from us. And I can tell you right now at the top of the show that next week, we are going to be talking about Hudsucker Proxy, which is, you know, for kids um, of all ages. But uh, you'll understand more after you watch it. So come back all month this month for Coen Brothers Month. And today we are starting our celebration of all things Joel and Ethan with Hail Caesar, a misunderstood, misrepresented, uh, deeply despised by some uh, who saw it and were looking for the next great Coen Brothers comedy and couldn't figure out what the hell was going on? Um, I may count myself among that group. Uh, that was back in the old go to the theater on a Thursday night and sit in the car with one person and try and do something uh, with movie reviews on YouTube. And we saw Hail Caesar, I'm pretty sure, while we were doing that show. I think I may have seen it with Aaron if I'm remembering yep. it properly. Uh, yep, we watched it together. So, I should tell you who is talking and who we're talking to uh, on this discussion. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I am joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hi. Josh Dean. Hi there. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And today we are going to discuss Hail Caesar the movie from the Coen Brothers here on Coen Brothers Month. Um, so Hail Caesar is a Hollywood uh, movie about a Hollywood fixer in the 1950s who works to keep the studio's stars in line, um, which is Eddie Man- Mannix. Um, and really the movie is just sort of a um, tirade of interesting moments uh, in sort of the golden age of Hollywood uh, where this one guy is trying to control a bunch of out of control actors and directors and producers um, and he's the main guy that kind of keeps everything together so let's start with the newbies as always uh zach what did you think of hail caesar well i honestly thought that i was gonna love it because it has a lot of great actors and um it's a coen brothers film and it's something that i remember being like oh i can't wait to see that when it was gonna come out back when it came out and then i never saw it and uh, I didn't love it. Um, <laughs> I, I, as a matter of fact, I didn't hate it, but I just found it to be kind of, I don't know, I want to say boring. Um, like there were good moments. There were definitely moments that that were fun and funny. Uh, but overall, I don't know where it missed the mark for me. Um, really, what's interesting is that I know and have worked with two of the actors in this film. So I have a really close connection to it, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, one of the actors who plays 
uh, one of the communists, uh, David Krumholtz. Um, I, I worked with him in New York, uh, did sketch class with him at UCB and then, uh, became friends with him. And, uh, which is really interesting because this came out right around the time that I befriended David Krumholtz. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then, uh, Veronica, I cannot say her last name, Orisco, I think. Um, but she plays, I can't remember the woman's name now, the character who does the hat trick where she puts her purse on her head and then she catches it behind her back. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's so many um, people. So, Just yeah, a crazy amount the, of people in this movie. The cast is stellar. I, I also met and worked with her at UCB as well. So they have a lot of comedians. They have a lot of great actors. Um, but yeah, it was just... I don't know. I would be remiss like, if I didn't point out that both the Highlander and the Kurgan are in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lambert uh, plays the old German man who who's like some kind of Nazi expat. And uh, Clancy Brown, the Kurgan from the Highlander, uh, is a Roman centurion in a scene with George Clooney. He, he's just he's just there. So yeah, he has a couple of moments, but really not. Yeah, like nobody ever is really prominent <laughs> other than like George Clooney and um, uh, Thanos. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, uh, Josh Brolin. Um, but like, I don't know, like so many good actors and so 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 much potential, and yet, like honestly, what really lost me was the dance number in the middle of the Navy guy uh-huh. bar. So I was just like, what the fuck is going on? It's a hard movie um, to stay, <laughs> to have, have attention for. Yeah. Because it's just uh, vignettes, I mean, vignettes, vignettes. The dialogue is witty, but at the same time, it might be too witty hmm? to the degree that it, it it's it's the detriment of the, the audience where they're trying to keep up with it. Um, I don't know. Maybe a second watch, if I could stomach it, might help, but... For the most part, this was not anywhere near my favorite Coen Brothers film, and I can see why it didn't necessarily do anything at the box office. Yes. So so I picked it for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christine, how about you? So I agree, definitely not my favorite Coen Brothers film. I kept looking for like different connections like um they kept talking about uh god and the like how god was not or jesus was not god when he was when mannix was talking to the religious men and then when uh baird was in with the communists they were talking about different parts of the body and i was like Oh, maybe they're trying to make connection to communism and religion and they're like doing all these different things here. But then I was like, this is not adding up in any satisfying way. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept trying to make connections where there weren't any connections. And I think they got bogged down maybe a little too bit with too much with different homages just uh, trying to get in as many things as possible. And it, I think it held him back a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, I also think that you're right, Christine. It's like they the they were really trying to call attention to a lot of specific things from that golden era of Hollywood, but it's a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't remember, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just not there for a lot of you know normal viewers or you know regular viewers or whatnot. So I think it's like, well, what am I supposed to get from this? Yeah, and then I also like watched an interview that they did about this movie. And they were asked if they'd done any research for the film. And they were like, no, we don't research. And I was like, what? <laughs> why Why wouldn't you research? Yeah, that that's so funny. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's weird. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask because uh, so uh, as we said, uh, we we're doing the Hudsucker proxy tonight. Um, Zach and Christine as you know the the new ones to the party um, are are these the most disappointing Coen Brothers movies for you or I like the well, Hudsucker Proxy uh, I just didn't like this one that much yeah I actually didn't mind Hudsucker Proxy that much I mean I found it to be at least a little bit more entertaining than Hail Caesar which you know, was kind of surprising because I do love movies about making movies, but man, this one just like didn't. So you guys had seen neither. No. Before. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know how many people would, would have seen neither of a, you know, quote unquote underrated, uh, Coen brothers movie. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'm going on record as a, uh, as, as not, a huge fan of the big Lebowski. And, uh, I know that there's a lot of people that are. And so I'm actually curious. I might somewhere in the month here, uh, rewatch the big Lebowski and see if it too grows on further watching, uh, because several of us watched it again. Um, and, that includes Josh. So what are your thoughts on Hail Caesar? Yeah, it's funny. You, I mean, they were doing Hudsucker Proxy tonight because I feel like that's another movie that this studio would have made, probably. Um, it had very much that feel of that era also. Um, so obviously they love old Hollywood. And like you guys were saying, it's a lot of homages, a lot of vignettes. Um it, I, the first time I saw this, I did not like it at all. Um, and that's kind of the way it goes with Coen Brothers movies for me. Uh, the first watch, I they always rub me the wrong way. And then the more I watch them, the more I like them. Um, so this one I liked a lot better the second time. Um, that it opens with a picture of the crucifixion and ends with the the empty crosses makes me feel like they have something to say about religion in this movie or faith or that Eddie Mannix reports to a higher power in uh, Mr. Skink uh, in New York, <laughs> uh, that he's kind of the, the, uh, the savior of this whole enterprise. Um, but uh, yeah, the different homages also, how did they build Jonah Hill as a star of this movie? One of the stars of this movie, he's in literally one scene of this movie. It, it was that year. I guess so. Yeah. Like it was, it was just the Jonah Hill year. (laughs) His star was shining and they were like, yes, let's, let's put him on the poster for sure. Um, 
but uh, I thought Brolin did a great job. Uh, uh, Tilda Swinton uh, coming in as the um, the twins, I thought, did an excellent job with what her part. Um, a well-acted movie. I think about this movie a lot, which means I think there's something going on there, but I don't know what it is. And uh, I can't put my finger on it. So is this uh, a favorite of yours or just one you'd happen to have seen before? Just one I'd happen to have seen before. Yeah, no, I don't own it or anything. Um, but uh, usually I buy the Coen Brothers movies I like. Um, and with the Hudsucker proxy, have you seen that or no? Oh, yeah, I'd seen that before, too. And the first time I saw it, I hated it, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It is, I, so me, too, on both, um, to be honest. And um, I'll go into a bit of my thoughts on it, watching it again. Um I watched it on Netflix with subs on because uh, I'm kind of into seeing the closed captioning uh, of what they describe about the movie. Um, and I think that made a big difference because watching the subtitles uh, or I'm sorry. So there's actually a difference. And I didn't I didn't really know that before. I just kind of figured that out um, over the last month or two, I uh, have found that there's there's subtitles and the subtitles just means that they're literally translating from one language into another. Closed captioning, which I thought was just the same thing on television, is different and they do it for movies too. And these Coen Brothers movies are ones that are a good example of it because the subtitle version uh, is just a literal translation, but the closed caption version has the descriptions, and those descriptions come from the screenplay. So it's this interesting mix where you're watching the movie, but you're also sort of reading a radio play at the same time. Uh, and so in both cases, and just because I'm, I'm quirky and weird. Um, I, I thought that, uh, H Hannah would probably enjoy watching a Coen brothers movie with me since I had to do them. Usually I just watch the movies the day that we record. So they're fresh in my mind, but, uh, I watched, Hudsucker proxy with her last night because I thought she might like it more. And I watched Hail Caesar today uh, before the recording started. So I, I, I watched them kind of in the reverse order of, of how we're recording them, but watching them both with closed captioning, uh, really kind of turned me on to how great the screenplays are for both of these movies and how yeah. having a really great screenplay just does not mean that you're going to make a movie that people are going to like. You're, you're making a movie that is a commitment, a movie that's going to take some time to make work and some time to to figure out and so it it really seemed sort of bizarre to me 
watching it that way because I could absolutely see what the screenplay was trying to do. And I have tons of thoughts and ideas on what the connections are in this movie now. Um, because I was, I was reading it more than I was watching it. Um, and with, with these two movies in particular, I feel like that makes a difference because the screenplays are span are fantastic. And I can, I, it makes me wonder if the reason that they have all these big stars in this movie is that, uh, they had a really fantastic screenplay and they had a really good writing team. Um, but you know, they didn't have to, uh, they didn't, they didn't have to, to work that hard at it. Um, and well, isn't the origin story too, that they basically George Clooney claimed that the next film he was going to work on is, was hail Caesar. And then that kind of forced them to actually make the film. Oh, that might be true. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I read is that that's the let's literal origin. Like they had been bouncing the idea of this around for a few years and then George Clooney kind of forced their hand and so that's why they made it. Okay. Well, um yeah, so Aaron, it's uh it it's to you, man. Uh what did you think watching it for the second time? Did it did it improve or did you uh did you still think what? <laughs> you know, when we when we went and watched it in theaters, um, I remember seeing the trailers and thinking, "Man, that is just going to be like the most insane movie." It looks absolutely ridiculous. And then we watched it, and well, it was exactly what they marketed. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I I thought it was hilarious. Um, I. I I absolutely love, love Tilda Swinton. And I thought she stole the show as the twin sisters. Uh, the competing reporting twin sisters. Uh, <laughs> great, great characters. The, the story is nonsense. And it's just like, yes, what would happen if, you know, McCarthy's, vision of Hollywood was legit. Um, but it's just absurdist and absolutely fantastic. It is. I, I laughed so hard the first time we watched it and I laughed again this time. Um, just the, the going from George Clooney's character, who is an absolute idiot, uh, trying to do this, uh, this Roman role, to uh, you know, Channing Tatum in the musical in a in a in a Navy bar, it, it's just what in the hell is going to happen to this movie next? <laughs> and it's it's just a lot of fun. Like it definitely wasn't going to go down as like one of their greatest movies. You got to compete with stuff like Fargo and. Blood Simple, just so many things. Um, now, Blood Simple, I haven't seen before, so you you can't tell, you can't spoil that for me. Really fix that, but um, 
I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's one that had y'all not suggested it, I probably would have never seen it again. But it was good. It's it's so, one that could definitely if I saw it on like HBO, I'm flipping around on channels because that exists nowadays. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't turn it off. So you enjoy you enjoyed it on the first viewing when you first saw it in theaters, and yeah. you also again enjoyed it on the reviewing. Yes, right on. Yeah, it's just because it was ridiculous. Uh, like, I could not tell you anything about the story couldn't tell you i I, I mean the semblance of the story is that a guy (laughs) runs around and tries to keep people in line and they do silly things and there's communists involved and then all (laughs) of a sudden dolph lundgren shows up but they never uh, bill him for it but he's actually the captain on top of the submarine (laughs) yeah i i would love for us to recreate uh to recreate that movie as a uh uh a radio play just just right now from memory uh try to try to uh go through the plot of this movie in the order that it happened dale 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 would that it were so simple <laughs> yeah <laughs> well let's see we start off with confession confession leads to um going to the woman's house because she's doing some pictures but she's not supposed to be and then the cops show up and then he pays them off and then they end up uh, back at the studio, and then like that's all, all I right. got. Let's let's, <laughs> let's Roman show up. I'll, I'll give Scarlett it a shot Johansson here. was there. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, we start with the confession scene. Uh, we've got the hello Mary Lou prom night two uh, moment there. You know, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I did this many times. I did that many times. And I loved it, Father. These are serious sins, my child. Um, so he's a producer, the first audience of a film. Uh, it is a movie about movies and and how movies are made. Hey, do you think the only people that are going to get it are going to be movie nerds like you? Do you think there's anyone that's as much of a movie nerd as the Coen brothers? I don't know. Tarantino probably loved it. I saw a review with nothing but like film critics and they were like, oh, I obviously got this reference to uh, blah, 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 who did those water aquatic dance routines in the in the 50s. I'd never heard of this actress before in my life. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Luella Parsons, the the critic and or the gossip columnist and stuff like that. People who really have your finger on the pulse of 1951 Hollywood. Yeah, uh, that's who really enjoys this movie, I think. Yeah, and they when they said they didn't research, they were like, we just knew all these stories. I was like, yeah. what? Apparently, Eddie Mannix yeah. was a real dude, too. Yeah. 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 This, had New- yeah. this had Newman... In a uh, Wayne as Knight. a communist, no, it's Newman. So the consensus on this is that it's silly. We don't necessarily love it. Maybe we should just move on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I want to mention real quick the uh, whole thing about Scarlett Johansson's character um, with the with the kid. I thought that was interesting. Apparently, also too supposed to be based off of an actual story of a woman in Hollywood that did that literal thing where she like had a kid out of wedlock and then uh, left for a while and then came back and adopted her own kid, which is the thing with Jonah Hill where like he's the guy who does the thing for the studio when they need it. He's a professional person. Yeah. There is a disconnect. There's definitely, because I still have people ask me a lot about my time working in the industry which is completely different than that time period. Um, they they are not necessarily the same in, in a lot of capacities. Um, for example, they have like studio actors back then, right? Like, you know, you make a studio picture. What's his name? Uh, Engel, Engel Insert or whatever. Engel Insert. Yeah, Engel Insert. Uh, Arlen uh, Han Solo. Aaron Bright. Arlen Aaron Bright. Yeah. 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 But Go like they have, you know, it's like, like they 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 sign a contract. I mean, they still do that where they sign contracts and they have to do so many pictures for like you know Marvel or whatever. But um, but like you know the guy he just does one movie after the next, western after western after western after western, and then all of a sudden he wants to do a, throw him into a drama, and then uh, uh, Ray finds is like. Uh, hey, uh, just say the line. Just say it how I say it. Just say it how I say it. Just say it how I say it. Just <laughs> and then they totally change the line. Um, but no, I do get people that will ask me that, and they find the stories that I tell, even which I think are pretty mundane to a certain degree, you know, fascinating because like I was on set with so and so, or I encountered this person or that person, or I worked with you know this person or that person, and so perhaps there is that. Um, you know, looking behind the veil um, in terms of like you know, classism or, you know, with what you do with entertainment um, and people really are interested in it in a way where they're like, oh, that's, you know, that's really cool or whatever. And then it's like, well, for me, it's like, yeah, it was fun. But I mean, it's just another day's work. You know, at the end of the day, I got paid scale. So, you know, whatever. And they're like, what the, what's scale? And you're like, oh, well, let me go into it. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for the discussion on Hail Caesar. And thanks, everyone, for watching, listening, and and generally being a fan of movies and the Deeply Disgusting Movie Podcast. 